0: Now entering Nerdist.com.
1: The ATX Television Festival is always a wonderful experience, and Season 6, which was held June 8th through 11th this year, 2017, was no exception. As usual, Austin was the place to be for TV fans who got panels and programming of current series like The Americans, Bajillion Dollar Properties, and The Mick, reunions of Northern Exposure, Battlestar Galactica, the shows of Linda Bloodworth Thomason, and others, and panels on topics ranging from first gigs and big breaks to TV under Trump. I'm going to bring you recordings of a whole lot of these panels, and today's episode is one of them. ATX itself is putting up video of many of the events, and you can find those at atelevisionexperience.com. They'll also soon offer podcasts, both ones you'll find here and recordings exclusive to the ATX podcast feed at atelevisionexperience.com slash Check that out in the coming months. In the meantime, first of all, go get tickets to season seven of ATX Television Festival. It's June 7th through 10th, 2018. And as usual, it'll be a special TV experience. And now, enjoy today's episode.
0: From Buzzfeed. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. Please help me welcome. This is, first of all, one of my favorite people in the entire world. An ATX OG. She is the brain behind Vampire Diaries, The Originals. Julie Plec. You would like to go. Uh, next up, we have a writer who worked on probably my f- favorite new show this year, worked on one of my favorite television shows, really, ever, if I'm being honest with myself, which was Gossip Girl and Sweet Vicious. <laughs> Guys, give it up for Amanda Lasher. And last but not least, we have just a little angel who's flown her way to Austin to be with us today. She wrote the book Famous in Love, which the Freeform show is based on. Guys, give it up for Rebecca Searle. So I want to actually start by asking all of you the same question. Julie, what is your favorite show set in a high school?
2: Oh, God. Um, Okay, well, I... mm, uh, I, well, I loved. You can loved, say a, you could
0: literally say a million shows. You don't okay, okay, good,
2: good, way. good. So I would say three off the top of my head. Although Thirteen Reasons Why would be four. Just, but it doesn't have the history that the rest of the shows have yet in my brain. But um, I would say Friday Night Lights. Although I never considered it a high school show, um, but still, yes, yeah. Buffy, obviously, and uh, My So Called Life.
0: Okay. What was it? Because you know what's interesting is, and we're gonna get into this, but like the idea of having a show that's set in high school that isn't about high school. What do you think it is about? Just that world that, in those three instances, made those shows richer.
2: Well, it's just you know, it's it's a it's a universal experience, shared experience. I mean, we all we all, in fact, did go to high school or were in high school at the time. Um, so it's just. Um, those simple things, like when she says, I love the way he leans against his locker, you're like, yeah, I totally, like I used to route my between classes the route that would take me past the locker of whatever sad, so poor boy I had a crush on at the time, so that maybe we'd make eye contact. And if we did, it made my next three hours and made me giddy and get through geometry. you know. And so when we all have that kind of experience, whether it's gone well for us or gone not so well for us, seeing it embodied uh, in those small, quiet moments in a show that maybe isn't even about high school at all um, still makes you feel connected to it.
0: Joe Rubinaccio, Locker 347. I'm just saying, I don't, I cannot relate to what you're talking about. Um, Amanda, what about you? Some favorite shows that existed in the high school realm?
3: Uh, My So-Called Life, Freaks and Geeks. Um, yeah, and uh, the uh, original
0: 90210. Yes. 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 yes! What was it about that setting with those three shows that really resonated with you?
3: Well, my so-called life—it was very much like, you know, like what Julie's saying. I felt I really related to it. Like, I mean, Angela—I was just like, "Yes!" <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my gosh! And years later, I was working as an, as an assistant, and Jared, Jared, Jared Leto, Leto, Leto um, came in to have a meeting, and he walked, and this was just like. I was too close to it. I was, I connected to her too much. It, I was too close to it. And I was sitting at my desk, and he walked by, and he gave me the, like, walk-by look, the, like, slow-mo, and, like, time slowed down. <laughs> and I was like, it's happening. By the way, it's he rough. came in for Scream 2, and I was,
2: I was the assistant, I think, still, or just barely out of being the assistant. And he was sitting in the office, and then, you know, I wasn't cool enough to get into the meeting, so I had to just do the... Hey, it's nice to meet you. Can I get you some coffee? Whatever. like. But I had the same experience because I'm like, yeah. fucking Jordan Catalano
0: is sitting
3: Jordan, <laughs> Jordan in my office. Yeah. Jordan Catalano. Like, <laughs> it was that experience. It, um, is,
0: it is amazing how like actors who are on shows who played that kind of role years later, it doesn't matter. Doesn't I look matter. at Luke Perry on Riverdale now and I'm like, you are 18 years old. That's oh, true. I, you are Dylan <laughs> McKay and I am in love with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't matter because they're so... Matter. like timeless in yeah. your mind
3: yeah and also like for a show like that that was so formative yeah. you know like it, it yeah i mean we were in a relationship in my mind so then right. when i did yeah. see him in real life it made sense um and freaks and geeks i just i i just loved how it looked at, like the, when they went in that first scene like when they went behind the bleachers and you were like yes like that is incredible and 90210 i'm embarrassed to say that i remember watching that show and being like this is exactly like my life. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk after them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Rebecca, um, yeah. yeah, Rebecca. What about you? What were some of your favorite high school shows?
4: This is awkward slash amazing. Rebecca's a little her. younger than us, <laughs> um, but I mean Dawson's Creek for sure, and yeah. and, uh, and Roswell. I was obsessed yeah. with Roswell. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Gossip Girl and the Vampire Diaries. And I feel like for me, those shows are so deeply rooted in the experiences I was having at the time in which they were on and I was watching them. Um, like, you know, I remember watching Roswell and I was in high school and, and being like, wouldn't it be great if like one of these dudes was just an alien? <laughs> and just fell in love with me and it was just two of us. And, and Gossip Girl, I, I had newly moved to New York and it all seemed really glamorous and exciting and... Yeah, like, they're just deeply personal.
0: I understand, because for me, Buffy, which would be my show for this question, I was the same age as those mm-hmm. characters. So I was a junior when they were juniors. I graduated the year they graduated. And it's like you create a shared experience with these people, whether you're having that synchronicity or not, because it's you relate to that moment. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the shows you guys have worked on that have been set in high school. Uh, Julie, I'll start with you. When Vampire Diaries began, you had Elena, who was living this high school experience, and Stefan, who was feigning this high school experience. What what sort of ground, what material did you get from sort of her having that first love in that context, despite the fact he was like thousands of years old?
2: Well, again, it goes back to the lockers, you know. I mean, they were able to have their sort of bump-in outside the boy's bathroom, you know. She and her friends were able to watch him as he, like, strolled down the hall and, like, you know, check out his... I think they were, like, true religion jeans or something from behind, you know. Um, and, And they were able to, like, sort of share a beer at the keg party by the falls, you know. They're just... It was so simple and so, like, every world, every moment, you know. And I think that, you know, Kevin actually fought... Kevin, having had having done having had done Dawson's Creek, um, and then also just generally not being as much of a like an uber geek about about high school shows as I was, um, was less inclined to lean too heavily into the high school universe. And probably one of the reasons why Vampire Diaries is as successful as it was is because of his you know, his fight to keep it separated as much as possible so it didn't become just a high school show. Um, And I always thought that was really interesting because for me, I'm like, but there's so much to mine. You know, there's locker moments, you know, And, and he really fought to keep it as adult as possible in spite of the age of the kids.
0: Yeah, you know, I always thought that about Gossip Girl, too, because that's a show where the school is actually a huge part of the first two seasons in the sense there's so many scenes set there, but like I don't know if I've seen a classroom. We never yeah. went into
3: a classroom, and yeah. that was a
0: choice. I mean, why? Can you talk about that?
3: Well, I mean, because we wanted to speak to the heightened world, and we just weren't. We were interested in the world outside, yeah. like all the social mores, and like you know, the when you're outside the classroom, what does that look like when you are walking into school and and that social world, and and when it went into the classroom, it just wasn't it wasn't as interesting. And also, we just wanted to keep those kids outside of it, because we did feel like it made them seem younger.
2: You know, it's funny, I actually remember just when she said that, like, Kevin was very adamant that Elena not be a virgin. Uh-huh. You know, which is really mm-hmm. rare for your sort of, like, your ingenue, your teenage girl, and he's like, I've done that story. You know, I I know what that story looks like. Let's just assume that she and Matt Donovan had some sex, they were together, yeah. they were a loving couple, and he, he really believed that she should have already passed that mm-hmm. That moment. You
3: think that just story wise, you'd want to yeah. go there. He didn't, yeah.
2: he, he didn't want to do the first
3: yeah. story.
4: That's Joey so- Potter already experienced yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And did it so well. So. Did but did I, so well. I, I want to circle back to something you just said a that when the characters were in school, it made them feel younger. And I think that's a really interesting point to touch on because there is this element of they can look. Like Blake Lively, but when you put them behind a desk, there's such like a there's a thing that happens just visually. I mean, what are, was that one of the reasons they graduated in season two to sort of get that fear that element out of the way?
3: I don't think it was to get that. I mean, it was a little bit just the nature of like we did stay true to where they were in their ages in the in the show. Um, and so I think we kind of had to, but we we also wanted to start telling stories in the bigger world as they got older, you know,
0: and yeah. seeing them in a more adult world a little bit. Julie, what were the conversations like about where to put graduation on Vampire Diaries? Because it was season four, right, when Elena and Caroline all graduated. Is that something that just... You kind of, It just was like the timeline and sort of just how it fell?
2: Yeah, it, it was it was a little bit of that. I mean, our timeline actually, like... The whole timeline of the first four seasons probably was like 82 days total of. It's of so time. fun to try
4: to figure out like so what fun. time yeah, of year try. and what's happening. Yeah.
2: And don't do that. <laughs> it's like literally, you'll be like, uh. And, and, and to the point where we're like, we didn't do holiday episodes. There were all for those festivals. Like then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Like our festival, our Winter Wonderland Festival in season four, our timeline, I think, had it take place in like April or May, <laughs> which is why it wasn't the Christmas festival. But it was actually, funnily enough, in contrast to Kevin's desire to keep it. Um, you know, as adult as possible, he also, and we both agree to keep it in high school as long as possible because, sort of apropos for the panel, like, shows that move out of high school and into college it's a such a shift in the in the narrative and in the world that sometimes it doesn't work and you can't really predict if it's going to work and so for us it was like well let's stay where we are mm-hmm. where we have decade dances and chili cook-offs and you know and girls sleepover parties as long as we can because once we get to college there's no guarantee that it's going to feel as as, 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 as personal and as universal.
3: And also, there are more rules. Like, that's the thing that yeah. like, being in high school yeah. gets you. It's like, you have to worry about getting in trouble with your parents. Like, you have to worry about getting kicked out of school. There are consequences that feel more constricting that you can then build story around.
0: Absolutely. Well, Rebecca, I want to ask you, because Famous in Love, the book, pay, the main character is, in, is a high school mm-hmm. age. And when you wrote the pilot, you aged her up. What was sort of the decision thinking behind that?
4: Yeah, well, the books are... The books are sort of more... It's about a girl who gets plucked from obscurity to star in like a major feature film franchise based on a best-selling book series, so like Kristen Stewart or Shailene with the Divergent or any of that. And um, I think that the books are sort of more wish-fulfilly and lighter, hopefully romantic. Um, and I wanted the television show to feel a little bit... And to be able to show like the underside of fame a little bit more and a little bit darker. I, I no longer feel like it's necessary to put, to make them older with, um, the just massive success and, and unbelievable, uh, show that is 13 Reasons Why. Like, it's just it was so profoundly incredible, and all of that took place in high school, and it's about as dark and deep as you can get. Um, but also, I think what Julie and Amanda were talking about, just there's a lot of logistics that come along with needing to be in high school. Like, you need you need to show them in classrooms. You need to be served, and, and the storylines, like, they're still living under their parents' roofs. Like, there's just there's a lot of story that needs to take place there, and I think we were more interested in telling stories that take place outside of those settings.
0: Yeah, it must it seems tough. I remember, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but the 90210 reboot that the CW did, there was this scene that the soup just went in on so hard cuz Annalyn McCord walks into a classroom and the bell rings for class to start. She sits down, she turns to her friend, they have maybe a 12-second conversation. The bell rings and class is over. <laughs> like it was unreal.
4: But check. Yeah, but
2: yeah. like, and so it oh, was... I, I it, would have gone nuts over uh, that. That's exactly the kind of thing that
0: drives me crazy. It was bananas. I remember seeing it and being like, I missed. I like blacked out for that 45-minute classroom scene. I couldn't... I, it, but like, that's the struggle that I think you have in maintaining sort of that world a little bit. I mean, but then you also speak to the point that the transition from... The transition from high school to college must be terrifying because when you have a large cast of characters who all go to the same high school, it makes sense that they're together. When college comes into play, there's that element of how do we keep them together and make it feel realistic in a way where the when people graduate high school, they don't all go to the same college. I mean, you were... Working on Gossip Girl, inst- it was hard. Yeah, I mean, it what was, is it that was like? A cha-
3: I mean, it was a real challenge. Um, trying. Fortunately, we did have the Upper East Side um, to to sort of like that was their coffee shop in a way, and that it was always it would always come back to that world. Um, but but it was challenging, and and we constantly we constantly wrestled with it. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. Um, we moved we moved them around. Isn't that when
2: like Jenny Humphrey was suddenly like a fashion designer?
3: Yes. 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 I remember we that. We got her into Eleanor's world. And yeah. so then yeah, so then she was more then she was with Blair more. And so that made things. And then also we had Blair and Serena going to school together eventually. Right. And and that was fun because we were able to play like how their how their relationship played out in this new world where the rules were different. And and so yeah.
0: I always think about Friday Night Lights, you know, when they had their original group graduate and they brought in the new class, they still, like, tried to show us Riggins in a classroom, and it, it didn't go well for him. But- <laughs> Does it ever go well for Riggins? <laughs> Listen, when you look like Riggins, it's fine. Like, it's all yeah, yeah. fine. If he just that-
3: looks up, he's like, I'm Riggins.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you have a problem, you just, like, slowly brush your hand through your hair. And suddenly, it's okay.
5: Um,
2: But interestingly enough, that show found itself again so magnificently when they gave us a new team and a new school, and and that was the biggest shock of all. Because you think there's no way Friday Night Lights is going to be that good without Tim Riggins, right? There's just no way. And like, what if Saracen's not QB two, like our QB one? Like, there's just no reason to watch. But then Vince came into our lives, and East Dillon came into our lives, and the whole show. The whole show's tone just shifted back into this like very simple and powerful community message, and it was
3: just so incredible. It was such a badass move to be able to yes. and to pull it off. I know it's really amazing.
0: The lesson yeah. is just high on Michael B. Jordan. Like yes. just, <laughs> high on Michael B. Jordan, That's everything it. will be okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, it's interesting too because like the idea of creating that world, Julie. I'm curious when you sort of had, took Mystic Falls high out of the equation. What did you discover about the show and sort of the way the characters could be in it without that corralling element?
2: It definitely made it... Weirdly, it never tripped us up that Damon would be at, like, a high school event. We always could have, like, the chaperone or the, <laughs> oh, the, the, the parent-teacher conference where, you know, Damon has to be the replacement dad. Like, it never felt weird to put him in that world. But it felt very weird to have him sort of waltzing through with more college grounds, even though technically he would fit in there better. It just, there was a, like, the college, I would say that the college years, which was sort of like, uh, you know, seasons kind of really five, Mm -hmm. um, yes, a little bit of six, but the five is probably my least favorite season. Um, And a lot of it had to do with the fact that, like, maybe there's a handful of great moments of, like, the girls in their dorm, you know, comforting each other or being friends, but for the most part, like, we didn't have as much even though there's a million more events and a million more parties and a million more opportunities to, like, put them somewhere, it just didn't feel as connected, mm-hmm. you know? And so I loved Alaric as a teacher. I loved that, like, and I loved their classroom stuff, sure. weirdly. Um, but otherwise, I just never, you never get that thrill of, like, oh, I did this, or I I experienced this as a teenager. It just doesn't work as much. It didn't, sorry, for us, as I would have liked. But graduation and the transition into college worked like a charm, you know? It gave us an in, and then we got out of it.
4: It is interesting. <laughs> and then we
2: did a three-year time jump and suddenly everybody was out of college.
4: It is interesting because there are still a lot of logistics involved in college. Like, I think we're sort of struggling that um, with that on Famous in Love, like, over the first season, she's in school, and, you know, we can tell stories about how she's sort of pulled between her old life and her new one, of, like, fame, and, like, still being true to her friends, but, like, it's all still sort of the same constraints, but it doesn't have that under thread, like you're saying, Julie, of, like, first. Like, it doesn't feel as heightened, but you're still in classrooms. You're still with... It's... it's. So, yeah. I,
0: yeah, no, it's like it's like an awkwardness in a different way. I yeah. always think about those first, like three or four episodes in Buffy season four when she's like meeting Kathy and you have the roommate from hell storyline. It always feels like whenever a show transitions into a new environment from high school to college, there's always like, you have to refine what the relationships are and you sort of have to like recontextualize who these people are when they're sort of now theoretical small fish in a big pond.
3: Yeah. Well, like Blair, her whole world was being defined by being like queen bee in high school. And then she went to college and people were like, we... Do not care,
4: like and so I that love for her storyline, yeah. <laughs> where she's like trying to throw the parties at college, and everyone's like, "We just want to drink beer on the roof." Like, what are you doing with the sushi? Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, you know, it's funny because I think about it. I mean, Greg and I, Greg Berlanti and I, have known each other since college and had a very similar college experience. Always talked in our early years about how we wanted to do a show set at college, you know, and we wanted to do it about frankly we wanted to do like the sort of musical theater theater world and like you know the the kid that gets put into the theater dorm accidentally when he's like the football player and we wanted to live in that world and i and i do believe that you can it's just it's, it, 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 it's not something that people are instantly going to tune into. And, either, and I don't even know that I would instantly tune into a college show. And also, you can't assume everybody went to college, you know? Yeah. High school is a universal experience, like we said. College is either an aspirational experience, something that you experienced and have moved on from, or something that you almost sort of regret that you didn't get to. So watching it doesn't feel... Exciting, it feels like you know what? Screw these privileged little motherfuckers like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and their problems. <laughs> like, I gotta work right. for a living.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I want to ask, I want to talk a little bit about Sweet Vicious, which, again, guys, the <laughs> best. <laughs> best, okay. best.
5: Thank you, guys. Best.
0: If you haven't watched it, watch it. If you have watched it, just buy it again. It all helps because <laughs> we need more episodes. Um, that is a show that, in one way, speaks very very directly to the college experience. I mean, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but what was it like for you and for Jen and, you know, building out that world where college had to be such a huge part of the storyline because they were reacting to things that were happening on college campus?
3: I mean, for us, it was... Um, it we just looked at college as sort of a microcosm of the bigger world, Mm -hmm. and we tried to tell stories um, in this college environment that reflected things that were also going on in the world, but but in terms of, you know, we were dealing with, with sexual assault, and unfortunately, on campus, it is a very big problem, and so all of the sort of problems that we have in the legal system. If you are reporting a sexual assault, you have that on campus. It, it, it You have the Title IX problems and, and all those things. It gave us a way to explore that, that reflected what was happening in, the big, in, a, in a bigger world, but then on a college campus. And it also, for us, we felt like it was a huge opportunity to, that story hasn't been told, like yeah. to see what it's like for a college a girl who's been assaulted, to have to try and like take, uh, you know, to to bring a sexual assault charge against a a star athlete who's assaulted her and how she's treated. And so the reality of of that little world, it it heightened it, you know. And it's also very real, unfortunately. It's a story that's happening over and over again.
2: Actually, you just made me want to amend my college comment because I realized, I just, about a month ago, watched Dear White People, which is Great, like, yeah. and that—that that is that to me, amazingly. like, it's yeah. set in a college world that's extremely um, aspirational, but also extremely topical, and so you get to have these really hard-hitting conversations and dig deep on the subject matter, um, and and believe it, because there's nothing false about a bunch of people get, having shared outrage and wanting to take action in the college environment. That is yeah. fundamentally like what you do in college.
3: And also, they're all together. Yeah. Like It gives yes. you an opportunity. Like People are all together, and so they can all talk about these things, and, and it creates an intimacy as well.
0: Yeah, it strikes me that if you're going to set a show in a college environment, the show almost can't be about college. It has to yeah. be about something else. I mean, frankly, when I think about it, the only show that really is about college... exclusively that I loved is Greek and that was yeah and but even then that was a show about the struggles people faced independent of being in college you know you had people struggling with coming out you had people struggling with social dynamics it kind of seems like as we're saying the routine of just being a student is not enough to carry a story yeah
4: Certainly not, I feel like, now. Like, I think a lot about Felicity, which I think is another show that did that. I don't... Oh. And I know, which I loved very much, um, and I don't know how much of that was just the fact that they were in New York City, and right. you got to kind of feel that, like, how aspirational that was, at least to me, who, like, always dreamed about living in New York. Um, like, how, how much... How much was college and how much was just getting to be in that environment? Although Felicity
2: was based in a high school premise, which is I followed the cute yeah, boy who signed my yearbook. Yeah. So you, you bought in yeah. at the high school level yes. and lived in the, even though it was set in college. And yeah. she was
4: very much still going through those first things. Like she'd yeah. never had a boyfriend before. She'd never fallen in love before. So you were, yeah, you were tracking that in the same, that emotional emotion was the same as it would have been in high school. I mean, what do you,
0: true. What do you find... I mean, I don't know if any of you have been in the position for this, but, I mean, the, when you talk to networks or executives or studios and you're brainstorming, I mean, where is the needle in terms of interest in a high school experience versus a college experience? Or do they just care about what the experience is?
2: They care about what the zombie is. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, not to be glib, but, like, I mean, I... I watched I had such an emotional experience watching 13 Reasons Why because I thought god damn it like this is all I have ever wanted to do. This is everything that I love about young adult storytelling. It's it it's it's smart, it's it's a little bit divisive. It's deeply emotional um it it tackles issues without it feeling heavy-handed and it's just but at at its core it's also about this boy who loves this girl who she just doesn't see it and then and then the tragedy that she finally does see it and then doesn't believe herself to be to be worthy of this young man's love i mean it's just so beautiful and i would sit and 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 rage at my television, like at the network people behind it being like, fuck you guys, like, look at what we can do if you let us do it. And and, and just the idea that like, historically, from like, you know, my so-called life, party of five Um, thank God for the WB that would do things like Dawson's Creek and Felicity but even now in the CW which like technically they let me do anything I want maybe but like they still probably wouldn't let me do a straight teen drama without a supernatural or some kind of genre um, context for it
3: what was interesting about *Sweet Vicious* is when Jen, uh, the creator, wrote her original script. It did not take place in college. I mean, there were flashbacks to it, but it took place in when they were in their 20s. And MTV said, "No, let's let's ground it in college." So, yeah, I know, which is not what you usually hear. Because there have been times when I've had ideas that I've uh, that I've been interested in that have taken place in college, and I've always gotten the Heisman. They've always been just like, "No, we're just not interested in college."
0: It's so surprising, too, because, you know... Maybe I mean,
3: they are just being nice. No, Amanda, it's college. We're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for
2: all your great work, Amanda. <laughs> but
0: it, it's interesting, because, I mean, Julie, you, I think, out of anyone I know, is the most voracious sort of lover and reader of YA. I mean, it, it's something... And obviously, Rebecca, it's a world you are steeped in as well. And it's so popular. And so it's so surprising to hear these conversations about it doesn't work for us, when it works in that world so well. I mean, what do you think the disconnect is between, you know, television not jumping on board with it and literature being so aggressively invested?
4: Well, I I mean, I was so surprised, because this has been like a big career pivot for me into TV. Like, I was just so surprised by the amount of story you need and the amount of story that a network demands. Julie can say the zombie thing I can't because I'm still at the very beginning of my career, um, but it's true. And they're just they're so they're so concerned with with capturing an audience, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we have like our attention spans, we're on Twitter, we're on our phones, we're, on, we're watching things on, on, like, tiny, tiny little screens. Like, event television is not what it used to be. You don't, like, sit down at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock and, like, watch your favorite show on the WB. Like, everything is a much more frenetic experience, and so I think that just the experience of watching something is very different than the experience of reading a book. Like, a book you can sit down, you can come back to, it's, it's, it's more personal, it's sort of your, it's just, it's just, the experience of watching is very different, and so I think we're very concerned, or at least networks are very concerned with, with capturing and keeping an audience.
2: Yeah, and I also think it comes down to timing. Like, I, I wanted nothing more um, than to do a romantic comedy that Greg wrote that was about a girl who gets made over by all her gay best friends, or who they make over the perfect guy for her, and we sold it, and the studio said, that's too gay. You know, the guy the guy best friends is just a little gay. And then six months a year later, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy hits the thing, and then everything's gay, because gay is great, and everyone loves gay, and boy, oh boy, you know, and my movie never got made. And then I, ooh, I wrote a... Uh, something called Theater Geeks which is a, a musical theater in high school and everyone said oh that's you know musical theater in high school who's never going to want that and then High School Musical like a year later comes out and then High School Musical 2 comes out and then we try to sell it again based on the success of High School Musical 2 and they say oh that genre's played out and then Glee happens <laughs> you know and and and, 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 and then a darker side like I've been I've always wanted and I talk about wanting to do a show about like a school shooting you know like and, and, that, and then 13 reasons why it comes out and you know and so you're either ahead of the game you're behind the game you're too late you're you know and and I think that um that timing just really has a lot to do with it but really it's somebody has to take that risk somebody has to do it and then we're all either sort of following or wishing that we had had that you know those guts to do it
0: yeah I'm going to open it up to questions in a moment but I want to ask each of you uh I mean we've talked a little bit about it right now but in this world what is a television show you wish you had created that plays into this subject matter?
4: Gossip Girl and the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about that. Okay. Okay. Let me
2: think about that. That's a really good question. I, I mean, I've just expressed my
0: yeah.
2: total envy of 13 Reasons Why. However, I read that book when it was out, you know? And I read it, and I'm like, oh, that's a nice story. Like, That's a story. It's, it's, it's a movie, or it's an episode, and sort of, I guess, then answering your previous question is um, jumping off of what Rebecca said, most YA novels feel like a very clear beginning, middle, and an end that can't really be I mean The Fault in Our Stars is one of the best YA books of the last decade and it was a magnificent movie but forever Fault in Our Stars there's an edge of 17 that doesn't connect even though it's, it's wonderful, you know and I think that um, that Eleanor and Park, which is this incredible YA novel, would be very difficult to go sell Eleanor and Park and be like, well, it's just basically this like friendship between like slightly awkward overweight girl and a slightly awkward you know Asian boy and you know and, like, yes. and, and who's who's buying that? But you read that book and you want to you know read them about them forever. Yeah.
0: So. Well, you just said something super interesting though that like. In what way, the things that you want to talk about with a show for the network, or the show, it almost feels like they're like, yeah, you can do an episode of that yeah. within the context of the bigger show. And
2: and honestly, God bless Netflix, and you know, and and the streaming networks who are willing to say, hey, if we think there's only one season here, but we want to put it on the air, we'll put it on the air. The financial model of Netflix is completely different than the financial model of television as we know it, and it's now changing everything. Nobody would buy a 13 Reasons Why, because 13 Reasons Why is 13 episodes, and then she's dead, and story Uh, is over. Spoiler alert after spoiler alert. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs)
0: know, I'm so sorry.
2: (laughs) But, like... Nobody's going to buy that because they're, the, the, the the how do we get a hundred episodes out of that is still a question yeah. that broadcast yeah. people have to, have to ask. Yeah. Right.
0: And yet, season two is apparently coming. Yeah, to yeah. and that's oh, great. Oh, that's so, oh, no. But because we
2: fell in love with those characters, yeah. and if yeah. they can if they can do season two as well as they did season one, even without needing the mystery of why this girl killed herself to be the the hook, then they have done everything that 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 we want to do. They've 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 beaten. The, the need for the hook and the mystery and all that stuff, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, should I return about the show? No okay, great. Uh, guys, Aww. questions? Like question.
3: <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Your head exploded. too many.
0: <laughs> Anyone? Just hand. Don't be shy. It's okay. Yes?
2: A great question. It's a great question. We do it so rarely that it like it, people so rarely want to make those shows that it's hard.
3: Yeah, I mean I don't I think it'd be very hard for my so-called life to be made today, I think.
2: Yeah, and and equally so ever would yeah. a family drama. You'd need a zombie. <laughs> but Netflix will make a family drama. And then everyone will be like, "Oh my god, look at family dramas are back again. Let's all make family dramas." And and oh. and you know, then we're all too late again.
4: <laughs> Although I will say, I've I have I consistently really love The Fosters, and I was like pretty proud of Freeform for, for keeping that on and keeping investing in that show. That was that was that was really love. I think that would probably be my answer to that previous question too. Like, yeah. I'm I'm glad that that got made in this environment now.
0: Absolutely, yes.
2: Well, it's sort of like, Kevin always says, you know, in high school, you feel like everything is life or death. And so, narratively, when you combine that general emotional feeling with actual life or death circumstances, it makes everything so potent, more so. And so... um, you, you, you everything just gets to live at this like ah, highly fraught highly emotional place so it gives you the freedom and the room to have a conversation about what it feels like to have lost your mother because you're having it with a vampire with a secret you know and so it adds a, a it textualizes very simple conversations with something bigger than just the very special episode conversation and it's a tough it's a tough line the balance is tough because like you know you want to do all that stuff but it feels very if you don't have it in the right context like with the conversation with the vampire with the secret it can feel really sort of on the nose and heavy-handed too so it's a constant struggle figuring out what works and what doesn't in that way
3: and by the way about the Chuck I mean speaking to the Chuck bass of it all I mean one of the gifts of having been on for uh, being on the air for so long is it allowed us to go deeper and so you got to see sort of what made him who he was and you got to see you know his relationship with his father and how that hurt him and it, it you, you start to care about them the more you learn about someone's life and, and what they've gone through then the more you can care about them and so Yeah, I totally agree. I
2: hated that guy. I hated Chuck Bass and that pilot. I'm like, I'm never watching the show again. That guy is a fucking asshole. Like, I wanted none. He's a date rapist. He's disgusting. And then To this day, when I'm referencing what I want an emotional moment to feel like in one of my shows, I say, you guys, it's like that time when he goes into Blair's bedroom and his dad has died and he breaks down in tears and he cries in her lap and she holds him and just lets him cry. And it is so powerful and, like, the redemption of that character, which, by the way, we... That's how we all make our living, and so I'm going to keep doing it because I believe it too, but boy, are we sending a terrible message. Like, <laughs> the, the bad boy can change. It's okay. <laughs> but it's so good to
0: watch. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yes, over here. Yep. Yep. What she's asking is, Andrea Zuckerman was a thousand. Yeah, that's true. Is it that's a true. problem? No, but it's a great question because it speaks to casting. Because you have to create a world, I would imagine, that feels so authentic, and the actors are a huge part of that.
2: And, and uh, the reason Andrea Zuckerman got shunned is because she looked and felt her age. Uh, Steve Sanders was like just maybe a year younger than her. He was not. He was no spring chicken. But somehow he fit with Brian Austin Green and Jason and 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 and. and Dylan, Luke, thank you.
4: <laughs> How old were the people on my so-called life? Were they like? Well, was Angela was, she, was
2: fourteen. Oh. Claire Danes was fourteen and fifteen wow. years old, and so everything had to. But AJ Langer was probably twenty, and and yeah. Jared um, Leto was probably twenty. So, it you know, it it all you kind of have to fit. Like my beef with Thirteen Reasons Why was not that Ross Butler is twenty six because I thought he fit perfectly with with the look of everybody else, no matter what their age was. But that Teen Dream Tony. Was like 45, you know, <laughs> so I couldn't I couldn't find Tony to be a credible character, and and I was always sort of like, what the hell is Tony doing in this scene? Because Tony felt so much older than everybody else.
4: And so much of that is just chemistry and like the way the actors are together. Um, I just went through the casting of of my show for the first time like I'd never done it before and it's really interesting to see how people play off of each other like we have somebody on our show who's 29 and we have somebody on our show who's 18 and yet like they play best friends and it seems like perfectly logical so it's 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 interesting it's like it's a chemistry thing I think too yeah for
3: sure yeah and also like what you're comfortable with and and um, and if it's a heightened world like Gossip World was a heightened world but on Sweet Vicious we, it was very important to us that these kids felt like they were in college and so we casted you know, we cast kids that were that age. And mm-hmm. so
2: I actually think that like the younger the teenager is, with very few exceptions like Claire Danes in that role, it, it actually makes you so feel younger. Like nobody ever liked Dawn on Buffy. Um and had a hard time liking um uh, Jenny and then uh, who's the sister in uh, O. C willow. Um Caitlin. Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin. Yeah. Not because they weren't dynamic characters. I mean, they were little brats. But like because those girls felt so much younger, so it felt tweeny. I think and that not- is,
3: yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think that is hugely what it is, because that comes up a lot. Is that it makes your show feel super, super young. And sometimes when you're telling those stories, you don't want to. And, and yeah, it, it, Jenny's a great example. <laughs> you
2: end up struggling with that character just to make the audience not completely rejected outright.
0: Thank you. Uh, yes, we'll go right here.
4: No, I just I don't know what it's like to be a teen boy. I really don't. Like,
3: I mean, yeah. It, the audience just does seem to be more female for it. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason it is.
2: I think the reason, again, thirteen reasons why. But Brian Yorkey um, wrote a story about a boy who loved a girl, and the way that we usually write the story is about the girl that loves the boy, and that felt perfectly relatable and universal. In a way that a lot of times, like you know, American Pie, you could argue, is a, a male point of view teen movie, um, and it's amazing and hilarious and wonderful. But it's it's sort of comedy first, heart second, and a lot of what a lot of women do is heart first and then comedy or genre or whatever second.
4: Yeah, I wish David was here because you talk about um, Everwood, which I think was. I mean, I love that show so much, but that was definitely, you know, male protagonist-driven, but still, like, all heart, all heart. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yes, right there.
5: Um, so Dawson's Creek is sometimes seen as the example of one of the worst transitions <laughs> from how <Huxley's> to <life. laughs> um, And I'm wondering if you agree with that, and if you do, what do you think they could have done
4: differently? I loved all of it. It was perfect. <laughs>
2: Like That's so funny. Like, wondering. I stopped watching. Wow.
4: <laughs> Julie worked on that show, so, yeah. yeah. I did.
2: I worked when they were still in high school, and I loved it. They got to college. I'm like, I'm bored. I can't. But it's now. Yeah.
4: No, I think that was season five, right? They go to six? Oh, it was just five and six. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, not my favorite. But I, I can't separate that out between if it wasn't my favorite because they were in college or wasn't my favorite because Joey and Paisley weren't talking, and that sucked. Um... <laughs> yeah no it's I mean it's interesting I think a lot about what shows sort of hold up now and 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 what shows are really like sort of just rooted in the time in which they are and I feel that about Dawson's Creek very much that like it's very rooted in the time in which it is and I I don't know if teens watching it now relate in the same way that I did when I was that age Um, so yeah
0: but all of it perfect it is interesting though, because like like we were saying before, like the time you watch something actually changes the way you feel about it forever. Like, yeah. this is bad, and I'm so so sorry. But like, I only watched Gilmore Girls like two years ago, and I was talking to a lot of people who lo- like love. I mean, the way people love Gilmore Girls is some is the way I feel about Buffy. So yes. like, I totally yes.
3: understand it. I'm one of those people. Yeah,
0: yeah. but I I think I metabolized it in such a different way as an adult watching that show and I remember talking to friends who had watched it when it aired and would then have watched it now and they're like "It was so interesting is as a child I was like Rory is a genius Lorelai is crazy and, like, and I watch it now and they're like I want to murder Rory she is the <laughs> worst and I think it's such an interesting int- hashtag Rory's the worst <laughs> But it's, it's true, like, when you watch something also really contextualizes how you feel about it. It's a strange sort of way, and so it's almost like sometimes I'm scared to tell people to watch Buffy, because I'm like, I just want to be like, the special effects don't hold up, but the emotions are real, and it's okay.
4: No, that happened with Dawson's. I told my friend to watch it, and she hated it, and it really bummed me out, because yeah. it it's really important to me, and it yeah. was really like, no, okay, exactly. guys? <laughs>
0: It's true. My best friend has not seen Buffy, and I almost am like, don't do it. I can't go through this with you. If you don't like it, we may not be able to be friends. I sort of
4: wonder
2: if season one of The O.C. would hold up. I bet you it would.
0: Yeah. yeah I think so. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. you
2: know well, <laughs> it, but it didn't hold up then, then neither, either. Yeah. So. But <laughs> that season one was, like, one of the best seasons so of television yeah. of all time. So good. I
3: just recently rewatched the pilot of Veronica Mars. Oh, yeah.
4: Oh, oh wow. yeah. That does.
3: And talk, let's just uh, shout out to Veronica.
0: I mean, talk about a show. I mean, technology aside, like, that show holds up. It, it that's, what, like, that's my
3: point. It
2: totally yes. holds up. I need to do that. I have never seen it. And oh, I need to. Julie. It's like number one on my list of well, things to watch. I, I know, mean, I know.
4: You'll love it.
0: It's so good. You're going to go on eBay and buy a sidekick, and that's all I'm saying. <laughs> you will. You just will. I did when I watch it. <laughs> um, did you have a question? Oh, sorry. We're going, I'm coming to you next. Well, I, I will only speak... The only show that I remember doing recently while you guys think about this was Pretty Little Liars and... And One Tree Hill, that's didn't right.
2: They, didn't they go to college in One Tree Hill? Or they just skipped college completely? They just
4: did like
0: a... Yeah. Uh, good, like, and I And I remember all the actors and the writer about that show saying... We just needed to, like, get them to be the age they actually were because this first four had been so slow. I mean, it was literally 2010 in that world until it was 2015 in ours. <laughs> and so I think there's the element of, like, you get to play such a different set of emotions when someone is 17 and when they're 26. Yeah. You know, it makes a huge difference.
2: I think it's, like... I, I mean, I think the general rule of television is never plan to do anything. Let, let, the, let your coffers empty and then if you can't refill them where you are do something drastic so you know in vampire diaries we were just sort of like "Mm, college is fine and all but dot 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 you know and then all of a sudden we were doing time jumps to three years in the future so um If there's endless stories to be told, by all means, don't. I mean, stay in high school forever if you can, you know, or stay in college for all four years, have an eight-year show between high school and college, and never get people in the real world if you still are having success in college. Like, don't grow up before it's time to grow up. You grow up when the story starts running dry. You don't have to force it.
0: I felt like you guys chose a really great time on Vampire Diaries to have that, because you still got the college, you know, and then it just, it, honestly, it just felt like a choice that was predicated on story you wanted to tell, and I think that's what you kind of have to go by. That has to be your North Star at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, coming to you next. Uh, so, regarding hashtag, is the worst? <laughs> I'm <laughs> so sorry, Alexis Bledel. and, like, in my 30s,
2: I'm,
5: like, always on the parents' side. Yeah. yeah? yeah.
0: I thought Gossip Girl was great with a lot of the parents' storyline.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, we showed them having their problems, too, and how flawed they were and how their problems affected the choices they made as parents. And I think it's really interesting when you can talk about Like, I remember those shows where the parents were always so perfect... And and they didn't talk about, like, I think that nine, the original 90210, no, the parents yeah. were so Jim perfect. and Cindy. Yeah. yeah, they were so perfect. And it's just not as interesting. But as they it. were also
2: cast as actual parent age people. Right. So they were like, Cindy Sydney, uh, Sydney had their mom jeans, mm-hmm. and Jim had his bald head, <laughs> and his yeah. and his chinos, and they had their minivan. They whereas were, now, yeah. it's like kind of um, uh, Dawson's. Dawson's didn't really do it, but Gossip Girl, I would say. I mean, then suddenly the adults are, like, 36 year old actors, you know, and and you end up, like, with sexy parents, and then actually you can
0: tell stories for them.
4: Who are sleeping with their son's best friend, which is a real thing that's happening on my show.
0: (laughs) But it's hard, too, because when you create that perfect parent sort of paradigm and then like 3 seasons in you're like oh we need to do something with them it's very jarring i remember when sandy and kirsten on the oc like Oh sandy and so kirsten first yeah.
2: they did so well
0: oh my god yeah. it was upsetting cuz like, like mom
2: and dad are breaking up
0: <laughs> I, but i literally thought my parents were going through a separation like yeah. it's hard yeah. but it was
2: because sandy sandy was such like such a good guy to bring ryan into that family and you then know. kirsten who could have been like what the fuck are you like it was like no here's dinner you know yeah. and like boy this is shocking but I kind of like you kid and so watching them fall in love with Ryan while we were falling in love with Ryan and then watching you know Seth be inclusive of that and you know all of it just felt so good so you wanted to know what they thought and how they felt because we were going through the same thing
0: 100% Um, I think we have time for one or two more questions if anyone has some yes right over here
3: a lot of it is our own experiences and talking about that. That said, I did um, use um, uh, working on gossip... I, I grew up in Los Angeles, but I went to New York a lot and my friends went to those schools and I went to... I would spend the day with them and so I it was a long time ago, but I did feel like I had that. But I did use the opportunity to call my high school and be like, hello, I need to spend a day there doing research. <laughs> and I went back and I what sat in on like? the... Cla- it was incredible. <laughs> I love that. Uh, it was really, it was really fun. Um, so I did that for research, but for the most part, we're drawing on our own experiences and like thinking about the characters lives and, and where they're going.
2: Yeah. It's like, um, because like what I do, it's so trope based, you know, it's the locker lean, the first kiss, the first time, et cetera. And so we deliberately don't want it to be too of the moment of the now. I mean, it's like we were of the now, like Eight years ago when we started Vampire Diaries, I think they were doing the, like the rainbow parties at high school. Mm-hmm. Like the urban legend of like the... The you know the shit that like we would never do and we so there's a throwback quality that uh, like a a very sort of PG quality to the stories that we tell um, simply because you can't keep up and and you know and and it and it you can feel so instantly like you're trying too hard if you actually try to like operate at the level of how people are that being said i if I ever write a straight drama like a teen drama without you know, the comfort and the pillow of, like, a zombie or a vampire, I would 100% first go and, like, actually talk to teenagers because, you know, you get too far out of touch and then your truth isn't their truth anymore.
3: I think that Stephanie, when she did Gossip Girl, I I remember that she went and, like, did a lot of research and hung out with um, kids. I I don't think I'm making that up.
0: (laughs) I'm curious. I mean, for the three of you, when you've written these high school experiences and you're pulling from lives is it cathartic in some ways to play out things, like, to almost, like, like, game theory of your own life, where you're, like, playing scenarios out with different outcomes?
2: It was fully like, for me... <laughs> I'm going to get personal. Like, it's like the tail wags the dog wags the tail, right? Or bites the dog, or whatever that phrase is. So I have all these ideals and romantic fantasies about how my life is supposed to go and what love is supposed to look like for me because of the TV I watched and the movies I saw and the books I read. And now as a grown-up, I'm angry and resentful that it's not meant to happen that way. So... For a while, I write the aspirational wish fulfillment version of that. Well, I'm going to write into that because that's what I want. And so I'm going to write what I want. And then you get to get like into a lot of therapy and you're like... Then you get so angry that it's not real that you feel like you're actually setting a bad example by writing the fairy tale. And that you really just want to write the real hard, cold truth. And then you realize that that is not enjoyable or entertaining yeah. on any yeah. level. Really so then you just perpetuate the falsehood for the next generation and we're just ruining each other generation after generation and
4: then hopefully yeah. they'll grow up and make television like that for us to enjoy again it'll just no. keep on I have two uh, young daughters I have a five year
3: old and a nine year old and um, they always want me to read princess stories to them and I'm always changing the ending I'm always like and after a year of getting to know each other and becoming best friends they realize that they're in love and then they wind up getting married after living together for a year and <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> and let me tell you something, they don't like it. Uh, they're, like, they're like, that's not what it says. I'm like, oh, it's what it should say. Um, so. they
0: like, I refuse to get network notes on my story time with my children. <laughs> oh, but by the way, speaking of network notes, something that
2: I have come to realize recently, because of 13 Reasons Why, um, is, is really the, what I would call the fundamental problem with trying to tell truthful and honest and connected teen drama on a broadcast spectrum. And it is because with broadcast comes broadcast standards. Mm-hmm. And broadcast standards, for you guys that don't know, is basically the legal team at the network that says, if you air it like this, we could get fined by the FCC. Um, therefore, you cannot air it like this. Like They, they are the... The, the the legal people that protect the network from getting in trouble by the government. And so you have to listen to them. Like, there's literally n- very little room, wiggle room, when they say you can't do something. So in, tel- in teen drama and broadcast standards, it is if someone gets drunk, and it's shifted over the years, but If someone gets drunk, there has to be a consequence. They have to be puking, or they have to be hungover, or they have to have done something stupid that gets them into trouble. If someone has sex, there has to be a consequence. They have to have a pregnancy scare. They have to, you know, like, something terrible has to happen as a result of them having had underage sex. And those are the rules that are defining your stories. Like um, Stephen McQueen's character, Jeremy, in season two of Vampire Diaries, we wanted him to try to kill himself uh, because he wanted to be a vampire and we had a whole scene shot with like bottles of pills and and you know and we that showed him taking pills they wouldn't let us even show him re- like handle a pill anywhere near his mouth they wouldn't let us show him ingesting pills so like there there's all these rules and then you look at something on Netflix with no rules which i mean can go you know very controversially the other way as well but that's truth. Like, that's honesty. And, 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 and teenagers and adults, they can smell it a mile away.
0: 100%. I think we have time. Yes, right over here.
4: I feel like we're constantly pulling circumstances and even like lines of dialogue from things and and putting them in scripts. Um, I feel like there's a lot of me, like when I write a book there's probably more of me than ends up um, in the show just because the show becomes such an amalgamation of so many different voices in the room and so many different experiences. Um, yeah, I don't know, what are you guys? I, I, I will find it's I reverse
2: engineer. Like I'll write something and be like, oh my god, like, I did that. I'm such a Caroline, you know? Or I'll watch a story and think, oh, I, you know, I didn't realize what an Elena I am, you know? So <laughs> it's, it's like I don't realize what I'm doing. I put it on the page, and then I have to see it shot and watch it like an audience member to, to sort of find the similarities between myself and the characters. But I'm mostly a Caroline. It
4: is kind of fun when, Except like... Except without the- all the
2: male suitors that... <laughs>
4: It is kind of fun when like a bizarre catchphrase of yours ends up. Like I say, hard no a lot, and I think like four of our characters say it constantly because it just like keeps ending up in scripts. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, uh, Cyrus from Gossip Girl wound up like being my voice. Yes.
3: <laughs> that's the best yeah, thing I've yes. ever heard, Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wait, who's Wallace, like? Wallace Sean. Ah. <laughs> oh. I liked him. Perfect. Um, no. no. Not enough. I, I I was like, oh god, that's me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, no, by the way i mean my voice of like the character that was closest to my voice that i really loved writing for was aunt jenna and within like two weeks kevin's like we got to kill aunt jenna man she <laughs> is not interesting enough and i'm like but she uh, okay
0: yeah i channeled silas yes. oh my god well uh thank you to julie thank you to amanda thank you to rebecca thank you to the atx volunteers uh thank you to all of you and everyone enjoy your last day of the festival thank you so much thank you